0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. So um, let's go to Philippians chapter 2. And we'll get into verses, uh, hopefully 21 through a few here. We'll get through 21 for sure. How's that? (laughs) Everybody doing okay? You doing all right? It's a Wednesday. You made it to the middle of the week. Congratulations. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know you can seek God at any moment, on your own. There's something great about church. I mean, there's a lot of things great about church. Um, And even the church, like the way we do church. The presence of God, all of those things. But sometimes we wait till church to do what we could do at any moment. You know, you can sit in your car and set a timer for five minutes before you go in the grocery store and pray in other tongues. In your car. And if your car is like our cars, you have a good sound system, and you could turn on worship anywhere, you don't even have, you could be anywhere and listen to worship. Now, this is something I'm purposing to change, I mean, the, part of the vision of the church is that each individual will be wholly filled and flooded with God. Because God's design actually, I mean, he'll always have ministers and those how many know there's certain parts of the body that are seen and certain parts that aren't? But those parts of the body don't, if they're not seen, they don't go away and, and vice versa. So there's, there's presentable parts. And God will do this. He'll go, oh, I want to put that person in front of people. And we'll look at that person and go, why? And I'll be honest with you. The person who's in front of people will go, why? Pick somebody else. You know? <laughs> I'm getting over that. Alright. So <laughs> because what I found is that's a really just a it's it's a disrespectful thought to the Lord. Because if he chose me to do it, well it'd be best if I didn't fight with him about it, don't you think? Alright, so I'll get over myself. Okay, so my point is is that at any time we can change the atmosphere in a room, and even how we feel at the drop of a hat. You can do it just by speaking yourself. You can do it by turning on some worship music. The biggest thing about some of these things is the enemy is attempting to darken your thinking and to press you into one thought. And one direction of destruction. And you've got to, you've got to do what? You've got to fight that off, right? You've got to attack that and fight it off. Don't let the enemy define your future. Do not. And people say, well, it's not easy. It's called the good fight of faith, but it's still called a fight. People say, well, why is it called a good one? Because you win. I mean, no, a good fight's one when, when you win. Yeah. Right? Bad fight? Yeah. <laughs> and people say, well, I didn't, I don't feel like I won on this one or that one or this. But you, you have to go, you have to play the you have to play the game all the way to the end. So even in the even if you lost a few battles here and there, the war's won. And the future's bright. So <clears throat> did you know. That the scripture doesn't say, I cannot resist the devil for you. I can partner with you to resist him. Do you know you can't come to my house and in the areas where I have control over my life, you cannot res- resist the devil for me? You may be able to come in temporarily and maybe exercise your authority, but eventually you got to go home. And then I'll be left to myself. That's why we push so hard that you be a doer of the word in your life. And people say, well, yeah, but it, it, it looks like it's working for you, but it doesn't look like it's working for me. Listen, the reason why it's working for people that uh, in the long term and what you see is because they don't stay in the place where it doesn't look like it's working. They keep fighting until it changes. People say, well, I tried that and it didn't work. <laughs> it on, you only won't get through if you quit, in other words, I'm saying that too, too confusingly. Let me say it like this. If you lay down, you'll never get through. But if you keep fighting, you'll make it all the way through. Amen? And come on, with an open, repentant, honest heart, analyzing and examining everyone around you. No, no. Examine your self. It's easy for me, in the natural, to blame everybody else for my problems. And they may have honestly contributed. There may be a legitimate problem. But in the end, I have made the decisions about what my life will be. I have. It was me. Well, things influence it, correct? But I still have my own will. Nobody, listen to me. Nobody can decide on the inside of me. Only I can. Now watch. People will go. No, no. There's people that are slaves and they can't. Yeah, but you can do work, like the uh, like the little boy who got in trouble in school, and he was made to uh, stand with his nose touching the circle. On the, on the chalkboard, and he said, I may be standing on the outside, but I'm sitting on the inside. <laughs> how can you do that? We do it all the time. It's called will. You can look at me and say, I love you, and on the inside, you could be, I'm going to punch him. I'm gonna. <laughs> but see, even if I did something I wasn't supposed to, how many know God will deal with me? But individually, we have to deal with our own heart. You know, I had to forgive the girl that hurt my feelings in junior high. (laughs) Took me years, but I did it. (laughs) By the grace of God. (laughs) I can choose. Even when I don't feel like good about it, I can choose. We're going this way. Well, it's hard. Uh Just hard on my flesh. That's all. We'll make it through. My flesh, you can't trust it as far as you can throw it. Yours or mine. It's flesh. It's headed to dust. Amen. It is. And so we get to live from the inside out. So I just want to encourage you with that. You can, you know, you can stir yourself up every day and share Jesus with somebody. Come on, we get, church people get in a rut. Well, I came to church, Lord. What do you want me to do? He's like, invite your neighbor. (laughs) Talk to your neighbor about the Lord. You don't have to bring him to church. Talk to him about the Lord. Get Johnny's Jesus pin. People are like, I don't like to start conversations. Just wear the pin. It'll start them. He'll do it for you. (laughs) People are like, I'm not wearing that. Then I'll have to have a conversation. (laughs) Stop with the fear. Just wear the pin. Amen? You're a minister. (laughs) All right. I'll get off of that. All right, let's teach, shall we? All right, so last week we finished off through verse 20 of chapter 2. We saw uh, we were going through 17, 18, 19, and 20. I reviewed 17 a little bit. But we saw in verse eighteen that we are to rejoice in sacrifice. We saw that sacrifice is defined as the act of offering, or that which is offered. This is from last week, so you probably already have this in your notes. One definition uses the for sacrifice uses the word victim. So basically, if your flesh feels like a victim of death in what you are doing, you could very well be in the will of God. <laughs> because we're called to be a living sacrifice, right? You, you know, when you're in a tough situation and your flesh feels like it, it's going to explode, how many have felt that before? Okay, three honest people. Okay, so <laughs> it's, that's a good time to let your flesh sit there. Do you, the natural tendency of humanity is to get out of the fire right? I don't like this environment that I'm in. I would have peace if I wasn't in it. Actually, you have peace in you, and you can actually have peace in the middle of chaos. If you live from the inside out, and we know this, we were looking at this on on Sunday, but you, you actually can have and acknowledge the pressure that's around you, but in the midst of it, you say, I'm not crushed. I will not be crushed. Sometimes you have to do that through tears. How many have done that before? Man, I've gotten over. I've, there are times I've been in situations and uh, and I, I, you feel so much pressure. And that varies from person to person. So I don't know what yours is. I can just tell you what mine was. But you apply it to your life. You can feel so much pressure. And what I'll do is I'll go to 2 Corinthians 4 and I'll read through that and I won't use any of the words that Paul uses in reference to himself. I put my myself in there. Does that make sense? I was hard pressed. Or I'll say, I am hard pressed. And then in, 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 with faith I'll go, but I am not crushed. I hate how I feel right now in this vessel. But I have a treasure in me. And then I'll pray in other tongues. You say, why? Because English can't do it. I don't even know what to say in English. I don't even know what to say. What am I going to say about it? I'd probably say something I shouldn't. You know, like, kill them all, Lord. <laughs> really? This family, Lord? You couldn't pick another one to put? Because it would, you know, but the reality is, it doesn't matter what family you're in. It doesn't matter if you were plucked up and put in another one. You're going to have problems there, too. You know, because we're there, yeah, but also because humans are humans. And they have a human side. Why not allow the treasure to develop? Right? So if you feel like a victim, praise the Lord. In verse 19 and 20, we see that Paul cares deeply for the Philippian church and that he wanted to send Timothy to them because he wanted to know their state and he knew Timothy had the same care for them as he did. Timothy is an example of another believer who looks not only to his own interests but also the interests of others. We saw that. We looked at this. Where does this level of love and service come from? I'm just reviewing a little bit. These are notes from last week. This love and service comes from the nature of Christ within every believer. When you have the nature of Christ within you, you will have a natural, you will have a spiritual care for your family and your needs, but you'll have a spiritual care for others as well that are in the body of Christ. And then also those that are not saved at all. You'll have a heart toward them that you wouldn't normally have because it's the just out of the natural, because you have the heart of Christ. You notice the world loves those who love them. Jesus loves those who hate him. Does that make sense? So we actually have the ability, we're living below our means spiritually if we don't love those who hate us. Amen? It's strong, but it's good. So why don't we see more of this level of love and service? Most believers live from their flesh and unrenewed mind, and so will never reach this level of obedience. Remember earlier in, chapter, in this chapter, verses 5 through 9, where Paul refers to Jesus and the level of obedience he demonstrated to the Father. I believe this verse shows a high level of Ephesians 4.13. In other words, the measure of the stature of Christ. So if we go back up to verse 5, Paul said this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, "...but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he did what? He humbled himself and became what? Obedient to the point of death, even the death of the what? Cross. This is a level of obedience, okay? And I believe a very high level of obedience." I believe this is what I've. This is what I've been, you know, because I, I come from the. You guys know this, but the Word of Faith Camp. So I went to Brother Hagen, uh, Kenneth Kenneth E. Hagen School, Rainbow Bible uh, College. It used to be training center. Now it's Rainbow Bible College. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we when I was there, I was I had just turned twenty. Or shortly thereafter, and I'm going to school. And I was just saved. I mean, I was raised in church and had given my life to the Lord, you know, when I was a kid and stuff, but really gave my heart and everything to the Lord when I was 19. So when I went to Rhema, you know, when you're a kid, you see candy. It's true, right? When you're young, even in the Lord, it's this way. You look, I even read the scriptures. When I'd read them, I read them through the lens of you know, what is God going to give me? Am I the only one? And the longer I've walked with the Lord, the more I realize, wait a minute. All that stuff is so empty. And here's the thing. The Lord will give you st- stuff that you, you know, that you need, you desire. But what does it really do for you? I mean, a new car is new for a little bit. Then you find out it gets old like all the other ones. And it's nice and it's a blessing and you sense the love of God in it, but it has no eternal weight in the sense of what it is. It'll turn into a pile of rust. One day, there'll be a show on, it probably won't be TV, it'll be something else, but there'll be a show about all the things that you and I owned and thought were cool and now are antiques. Yeah, some of you are living this. Living the dream, right? (laughs) And even now, naturally, you you ever look at a vehicle that you really wanted or you really liked when you were younger, and you look at it and go, wow, that'd be cool to have that. Even if you had it. And the Lord doesn't care if you have it. Even if you had it, after a few months, maybe a year, you'd be like, "Eh, yeah, there it is. Because it doesn't satisfy within Deep. But to see a person born again, now that, that never gets old to me. To see somebody, uh, uh, to hear somebody say, the word was taught and I'm different this year than I was last year. Whoo, you can have all my cars. You know what I mean? You ever watch Schindler's List? Man, that man was driven by a compassion of God to save the Jewish people. And in the end, you know, they're all so grateful, and yet he went, at the end, he went, you know what, I could have sold more. I could have got more of them. You know what I mean? In other words, what was motivating him? And that's what should motivate us. But how does that happen? That won't happen by accident, and you have to stay on top of your spirituality. Because if you don't, You will, I'll just put it to you like this, in this world, you will not naturally drift towards spirituality. You've got to fight for it. You will drift toward carnality. You will drift toward laziness. You will, I mean, you just get up and do not, put her in neutral and see what happens. You'll drift away from uh, sharing Jesus with where you used to a lot. Come on, I've done this. I'm not. The, am I the only one? I used. I mean, I have led people to the Lord uh, in the Wendy's drive-through. I am not kidding you. I have led. I have led, I, I ordered my food. And I said, "Has anybody ever told you God loves you and He's got a wonderful plan for your life?" And she goes, "What? <laughs> what?" And I started preaching the gospel to her. And she prayed the prayer of salvation in the drive-thru. And I took my burger and left. Best drive-thru experience ever had at Wendy's. (laughs) But yet at times, I've, you know, I've gone through the drive-thru in the last few months and griped about the wrong sauces being in my bag. I should have been preaching Jesus. <laughs> I haven't even preached verse 21. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get through it. Right? In other words, the love that's in us, we have to stir it up and build it up and 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 blow on those embers and those coals and throw wood on that fire and get that thing roaring again. Amen? Because God wants to move in people's lives. And each portion of our life is important. Church is important. All these things are important. But they all need to be working. I mean, at least, even if you don't, you know, even if you don't, if you're not feeling bold enough to do, you know, preach to the person in the drive-thru, pray for that person. Look at their name tag. Grab that in your mind and start praying for them. God, send somebody across their path. Keep that fire going. You know, keep that fire burning. All right. Well, this will dovetail right into this perfect. Verse 21. Remember, Paul said in verse 20, he said, Uh, He said, I want to send Timothy to you. This was verse 19. And then in verse 20, he said, for I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. So Timothy was what? Timothy didn't walk into the church and go, who can get me something? Who needs help here today? Timothy didn't go out into the world and go, who owes me something here? I'm looking, I'm, Lord, where are they at? Let's get them. Let's find a devil and drive it out. You know what I mean? You don't have to look that hard. You find him. Okay? Verse 21 says this. Paul said this about all the other team that was working with him. For all what? Seek their what? And not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Not the things which are of Christ Jesus. They seek what? Their own. Their own thoughts, their own ways, their own comfort. This is, this is in the church. I mean, it was in the church then. I mean, if Paul had ministers around him doing this, how many think they're happening today? Okay? I mean, I've been this person. Right? I mean, I mean I've been that guy. Well, I'm called to preach. Don't they know that? And the Lord's like, you get to sit for 20 years. And I'm not going to let you do anything until we burn that out of you. And he literally burned it. Like he wasn't like, um, let's do it the nice way. How many of you have ever heard of the Navy SEALs? How many of you know they have hell week? Mine was longer than that. Oh, no, the Lord would never do that. Oh, yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. He will, and he did. I I don't know. You know, sometimes I wonder which God people are serving. Because if I knew him that way, you know, and maybe it has to do with each individual. I'm sure it has, I'm sure I'm, you know, an exceptional case (laughs) of of hard-headedness. But I mean, if the Lord will, he put me in positions I did not want to be in. He had me youth pastor for six years. Do you know what I said before youth pastoring? oh, I'm not called to youth pastor. That's not my call. (laughs) God's like, put him in youth pastoring. I figured something out. The Lord's like, I don't care what you think your call is. I'm God. You're either going to do what I say, or you can go do your own thing. Well, I had done that, and that hurt. That hurt worse than hell week. And by week I mean six years. <laughs> Not really. I just, I mean, it was it was hard on me. On my flesh, is really what it boils down to. But the Lord did such a work in me, by the time it was time for me to leave and leave, and he started talking to me about it, I didn't want to go anywhere. And I didn't even like it. But it didn't matter because my heart. Had connected to the people. I had ties. And it's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to feel like, not like, ah, see ya. I never liked that church anyway. If you do it right, the love of God comes up in you, and it doesn't matter what they do, you'll give everything. And I'm not saying I did it perfectly. I'm just saying in my heart, I knew. I mean, I was concerned about everything. Who are they going to have come in? Who's going to take care of these people? How are we going to do this? How is this? Lord, you cannot. If I leave, Lord, there'll be a hole here. Do you see what I'm saying? In other words, I got past seeking my what? Own. The Lord had me drive around famous preachers. Famous ones, you know. You've seen them on TV. Do you know what? After a while, I was like, what's the big deal? They're just like everybody else. In other words, he, he got all the starstruck out of me. You know what I mean? He started, now in my phone, and you can't have my phone, I have numbers to people that you might want to call because you have a spiritual question. And some people, and these ministers have told me, you can call me any Do you know how much I call them? Hardly ever. Why? Lord didn't say to. You know, before I would have thought of a question, and it would have been spiritual. And I would have wasted their time and mine. But because I was seeking what? My own. Not the things which are... Of Christ Jesus. I'd have been seeking my own. Well how is this really going to benefit me? I don't think Jesus had that thought when he went to the cross. <clears throat> I think his main focus was. Now he knew what was going to happen. But his main focus. His pure motive was what? I'm going I'm to do this because I love these people. And I want them to see what my dad's like. They need to know what we are like. Because they are lost. The devil is eating their lunch. And Jesus, if you'd follow him, he'd multiply your lunch. (laughs) And give it to other people. And then send you home with 12 basketfuls. Or whatever, however it goes. (laughs) For all seek, the word seek means plot their own, not the things which are Christ Jesus, of Christ Jesus. The Amplified said, for all, for the others, all seek to advance their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Paul, in his understanding of love, leadership, and restoration, knew that he had people on his ministry team who were in it for themselves. Now, it did not mean they weren't in the ministry, because they were. He knew they were seeking their own. Timothy, this is Bobby Andean's commentary on this, Timothy was an exception to the rule among ministers. Not many ministers would serve another and seek only the interests of the Lord Jesus. Most were seeking their own promotion and trying to establish their own ministry. Everything they did had a what? Ulterior motive and was designed to promote me. The example of this, and we saw it in Philippians chapter 1, verse 15 through 17. Remember where Paul said, they're preaching the gospel out there. Some are attacking me. Some are doing it out of jealousy, Some are, but he said some are doing it out of goodwill, and then you hear the Apostle Paul and the heart of God, he said, whether out of goodwill or bad, people are getting saved. In other words, at least we're kicking the devil in the teeth, even if we're kind of punching each other at the same time. When these men made decisions that were working with Paul, they were not necessarily the best for the church or the minister they worked for. They made decisions to make themselves look good for the next position they planned on moving into. Each day was one step closer to the ultimate ministry they hoped to attain. This is Bobby Andian's commentary. These ministers are putting their trust more in their own qualifications than in being faithful where God has placed them. They have forgotten the reality of God's ability to promote. And then he said this, If God does not promote... There is no real promotion. And that works for the ministry and every other area of life. I don't care what world you're in. I don't care if it's construction, business. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's the same there. If you do your work as unto the Lord, it doesn't matter if there's the son of the boss comes in and he gets promoted after a month working there and you've been working for three years trying to do everything you could and you felt like you got passed up. God sees, he knows, he'll make a way. He always does if we remain in faith, amen? He goes, uh, 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 also in this verse, we see this. As I see it, I'd like to tie this back to the example of Jesus. How did Jesus love us? Humanity did not deserve the Son of God, stepping out of heaven, putting on flesh, being beaten beyond recognition, dying on a cross, and taking on all the sin of the world. These examples, the Holy Spirit... Is giving through Paul of Jesus himself, Timothy, and eventually here Epaphroditus are examples of caring for someone else at the expense of yourself. This is a divine level of influence. Divine influence and service is not motivated from personal gain. It's not motivated from personal gain. Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna invest this money, but what do I get out of it? I worked in the construction world for enough years to figure a few things out. And I, he's not here, but I'm going to brag on Mike a little bit. I have testimonies of Mike from people that he did work for, where his his guys screwed up something, and the bid for the job was, let's say, 2,500 bucks. And it cost him 6,000 bucks to do the job. And he did not fight with the homeowner. He just did the work and ate it. He didn't go, well, I'm gonna lose my shirt on this job. What he did is he went in, promised a product, had employees, they didn't do it the way they should have. The homeowner talked to him about it. He said, I'll make it right. And it cost him. Now there's things you, I mean you got to know this. Mike's strong. (laughs) How many of you realize that? (laughs) He's strong. I like that about him. But I also know things behind the scenes. He had a a guy on his, still works for him actually. (laughs) Did work in a house where they had this expensive wood floor. And this gentleman that worked with him was doing work along painting base and different things like that. So on the floor, you know, ground level. Well, what we would do as painters, instead of crawling, how I many you know it hurts to crawl all day on your knees and, you know what I mean, going from one thing to, it hurts. After a while, I mean, you just, it it doesn't matter what kind of knee pads you got. Eventually, your body goes, uh No, I ain't doing this no more. <laughs> so you find ways to make up. You know, to where you can still be productive but not hurt yourself so bad. So we'd get these uh, mechanic carts. Have you seen the chairs the, with the round seat on them and they got the wheels on the bottom? And they even have a tray on them so you can put all your tools right there and you lower them down all the way and then you're at least not crawling on your knees all day. Well, this guy rolled all along this floor. Whee! You know, he wasn't doing that. But he was going around doing his work, right? They pull all the paper up. Guess what's in the floor? Grooves. <laughs> Guess what Mike did? Replaced the entire floor. I think it was like 6,000 bucks. You know what Mike does? Yeah, that's I got to take care of that. Well, Lord, let's go. And you deal with it. Now, he's got insurances and stuff like that. But how many know this? I know I watched contractors lie, bald face lie to customers. So they could save themselves 2000 bucks. Are you kidding? 2000 bucks is worth hellfire? No thanks. I had a, and I'll just tell you this <laughs> cuz this is kind of how I am too. When I was down at Rhema, I was down at Rhema, and I'm well, I haven't done everything perfectly this way, but this time I did it right. I had the general manager of the restaurant that I looked at, a person asked for a quesadilla to be made without mushrooms. Or it was either mushrooms or anything, it doesn't matter, anyway, without something that was in it. We'll call it mushrooms. And he made it with mushrooms, and on the receipt, he said, well, you didn't put it, in. and I said, you know, i showed him the receipt. No, your cooks, you guys did it wrong, you didn't call it out like you should have. They overlooked it, and they did. And he goes, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pull these mushrooms out and you're gonna tell her I made another one. I said, no, I'm not. At that moment, I'm like, fire me, I don't care. You think I'm gonna go lie for you? you got another thing coming. I'll walk out right now over that. And people say, it was just mushrooms. No, it's not. It's the difference between being holy before God and, being, and having a right heart before him. God sees it. He knows what my motivation is. He saw, Paul, Paul, and we'll get into this someday. <laughs> but if, <laughs> if you go on in the verses, you'll see Paul knew, Tim, he tested Timothy. He put Timothy through fire. And Timothy, it says that he was, he proved faithful. He proved himself faithful. So, in this situation, this and the manager didn't even, he didn't even, he's like, okay, fine, I'll take it out there. I said, okay, you say what you want. It's your restaurant. And he lied to him. So now what do I know? He'll lie to me. What does he know about me? I'll be honest. For all do what? They seek their And not the things. That are of Christ Jesus. It hurts your flesh. And your routines. To follow Jesus. You end up doing things. That are uncomfortable. To your flesh. You lose time for you. You lose money. For you. But the. The you guys know this cuz you've you've walked this way for a while the longer you walk with the lord the more you don't care about those things what difference does it make anyway in the end is is are you really saving you it's one thing to quote psalms 23 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want it's another thing to live it, right? So what's Paul saying? He's saying, I know I can send Timothy to you, and I know he'll do what's best for you. So when the Lord says to me, Sean, I want you to go do this, does he know I'll do the right thing? And when the Lord says to you, or somebody says to you ministry-wise, I need you to go do this, does, he think, does that person think in their mind, Do they really have the best interest of the people here, or are they just out for themselves? Do you see what I'm saying? This is something that is, it burns. It's a good, it's a metal test. It'll test your metal. You'll find out, you'll find out where you're at in your faith. It's not a condemnation issue. It's a conviction issue well, I want to go do what I want to do. <laughs> well, then go do it. But how many have ever, you've realized this, the ministry of helps, to help somebody, means you're not leading. If, if Shane says to me, Sean, I need you to help me move Joy's keyboard. I don't go up there and go, Okay, now Shane, this is what you need to do. Because I was asked to do what? That means Shane says to me, Sean, this is what I need you to do. And I go, okay, is this okay? Yeah, let's do this. So in other words, I'm coming to work with him. This is what Paul found in Timothy. Somebody who would what? He would work with Paul. Not, he didn't serve the way he did with Paul because Paul was like the most amazingly encouraging minister of all time. I mean, I've seen, you read through Acts, I don't think Paul had a real great personality at times. I think him and Peter both, and John, could potentially stab you at any minute. <laughs> I mean, you, you really, Jesus nicknamed the brothers, sons of what? That didn't mean he looked at him and went, "Ooh, pixie dust and (laughs) unicorns." He looked at him and went, "Those boys, they're fighters." And he didn't. And he notice he didn't say, "Now you guys don't act like that." He he confessed it over them. (laughs) That's not an excuse for you to go slap everybody. Okay, stand with me, please. We made it through one verse. It was a good one. I enjoyed it. Did you learn anything? (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we do, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your presence in this place, ministering to us. Lord, we expect good things to come. Lord, continue to work on each of us. Lord, myself. Continue to help us. Show us. Show us how we can Care for others the way you do. Lord, holy boldness on all of us. To be a witness and a light for you. Starting the moment we leave this place. Through the rest of this week. Thank you for opportunities, Father, for each of us. To minister your goodness. And your power. In our world. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your favor. Your blessing upon us. Your precious blood and the cross. We bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.